Good morning. Afternoon. Afternoon. Definitely late into the afternoon. It's almost one. Y'all, look at these sweet things. Braylon and Julie drew this for me last night at church. This is me. The pulpit, the platform, choir loft. Is that not so sweet? And then Madison gave me this this morning. He went to an antique store last week when he was in Virginia. And look at this postcard dated, where's the date? 1910. You kidding me right now? And I love that. He didn't even know this when he got it for me, but the last name is Richardson. I wouldn't be at all surprised if this person's name was Richardson. And the other thing that cracked us up is that <laughs> there is no street address or house numbers needed. This is in Walnut Cove, North Carolina. If anyone in Walnut Cove, North Carolina named R.A. Richardson, that's who this goes to. <laughs> this is December 17th, 1910. Isn't that so sweet? Oh my gosh, I love it so much. Madison did so good when he gave me that. All right, let's get into here. Let's get into this. I have to tell you, I was super, super emotional with this word this morning. Oh, look at this right here. Oh, the sorrow. Like I was weeping. Just, I, I had two different times today where I just put down my pen and my note paper that's somewhere in here and just like just had to take it in for a second it is so exciting so exciting oh so amazing so today is february 23rd we are on matthew 23 Amazing, amazing. I mean, we come out of the shoot. This we came out of the shoot with me. I I am I've got my pen. I'm ready to, you know, make my notes. And I just I just had to stop and okay, let's just read. Jesus spake to the multitude and to his disciples, saying the scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. Like, I just had to, I, I was flabbergasted. I was the weight of this. It literally stopped me in my tracks. Now, if you read the rest of this chapter, like you get a whole lot of scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, blind guides. Like he does not have a high opinion of scribes and Pharisees, clearly. And yet, B12, 
because of the office that they carry, the scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. <sighs> like it, it still is sinking in the weight of this. Jesus said, the scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, my pastor always says, whenever you see the word therefore, you have to go see what it is there for. <laughs> because it's Moses' seat. All whatsoever they bid you observe, observe and do. We, in our culture, in our modern day, in our way of Western capitalized democracy way of thinking, we do not like this. If, if, if in, in our way of thinking, if we also can say about the scribes and Pharisees, they're hypocrites, the scribes and Pharisees, they're, Jesus is saying this, and Jesus is saying this. This is Jesus saying all this. To us, if we can label those scribes and Pharisees as hypocrites, 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 blind guides, if we can recognize that they are hypocrites and blind guides, we excuse ourselves from observing and doing what they say. But Jesus' way of looking at this, this is heavy. This is hard. This is, oh, I literally can hardly breathe with this understanding. But Jesus doesn't say just because they are also hypocrites and blind guides, therefore we don't do what they say. Jesus says, because they are sitting in Moses' seat, whatever they bid you observe, observe and do. Oh, that is so, such heavy information to take in. But he says, but do not ye after their works. He says, you know, because they are teaching the law of Moses, because they are giving the correct information, observe and do. But just because we are observing and doing what they are teaching of the law and the commandments does not mean they are perfect humans. And it's okay to acknowledge that they are not perfect humans. Do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. They bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. Here's the thing. All their works they do for to be seen of men. There's y'all. There's so much direction. There's so much happening here. There's so much to learn. First of all, we've got to let a man examine himself. Look at yourself. Are you 
following the practices of the apostles, the work, the traditions, the the requirements of the apostles, are we following them out? And we are doing it just to be seen of men. I literally am having a hard time talking just because the weight of this is so heavy. It is possible for us as apostolic Pentecostal people who are have been living for God for 10 years, 30 years, 50 years, 60 years, people who have been living for God decade upon decade, it is so possible that what we are asking of other people to do, we are, we are not doing it with an understanding of the heart of the matter. See, we're popping back into that previous chapter again, where Jesus, they said, what's the greatest commandment? They're all about the rules What's the commandment? And the greatest commandment is thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is a very spiritual behavior here. This is living every day being spiritual. You cannot love a spiritual God without being spiritual. Heart, soul, and mind. This is the heart and soul and mind. This this is the inner workings of the human being. The heart, the soul, and the mind. This is the inner workings of the human being. If you're going to love God, you've got to do it with the inner workings of yourself. We tend to want to show our love for God with the outward workings of ourselves. You cannot love a spiritual being without being spiritual. And we're going to get into that over here. But then the second is like unto the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is a very outward display. This is actually feeding people who are hungry, not just saying be fed, be hungry. This is actually meeting physical needs with our hands, with our pocketbooks, with with our time, with our energy. This is the inside of us and the outside of us. And so what, what Christ is having a problem with these scribes and Pharisees is that they are doing all the outside work without any of the inside being attached to it. There's no no heart spirituality. There's no compassion being met with what they're doing here. You know, I have seen people that get frustrated with their brothers and sisters in Christ not living up to par with what their pastor is teaching and their pastor is teaching and preaching these lifestyle standards of holiness that include everything from how we dress ourselves to our behavior, to our attitude. Our pastor is teaching all of these things because it's in here. Okay. 
It's because it's in here. That's what gives a pastor the right to stand in a pulpit and say, dress this way, don't dress this way, go here, don't go there. Because it's here. That's what gives a pastor the right to deliver a lifestyle of living. That's what gave these prophets the right to stand and deliver what the law said. Because it was here, the prophets had a leg to stand on. That's why they preached. Same thing with our modern fivefold ministry. Because it's here, it is their responsibility to teach it. But what I have seen is people live for God and talk about somebody else in the church not living up to what their pastor is preaching. And it has nothing to do with understanding that commandments are for our well-being. Commandments, God doesn't give a command because he is a bully. God gives commandments because they are for our well-being. In the law, even the laws that have to do with where they would, let me get back here to Deuteronomy. I'm not going to find the exact verses, but Deuteronomy, Numbers, Leviticus. These are laws that Moses laid out for the, and God gave them to him for the well-being of the community, including where they went to the bathroom. There is a commandment about where they would go and relieve themselves. And that commandment was for the well-being of the community. That's how nitty-gritty the law was. And the whole purpose was for the well-being of the community. That that disease did not run rampant throughout the community. All of the commandments were given not for God to show himself as a bully or as a dictator. or It's because he loves humanity. And because he loves humanity, he gives laws that help take care of each other. Honor thy father and thy mother. That's loving your neighbor as yourself. And on and on and on. So what I see within the church is I see people get frustrated at another church member not living up to a commandment, but it's really the reason they get frustrated is because it runs along the attitude, if I have to, you have to. If I'm doing the hard thing, you have to do the hard thing. And we're going to talk about judgment here before we're done. And... and there does there does need to be those those individuals who protect the law they protect and they require that what the epistles are taught are protected but we've got to remember that commandments are for the well-being of people the sabbath was made for the man not man for the sabbath the epistles and what the laws that are given in here are day-to-day living. It's for 
the compassion and the well-being of the people. And so as we are training new disciples, as we are as a brother or sister in the church is having going through a trial, going through a difficult situation, and because of this trial, they may be slipping up. They may not be doing things right. We've got to be compassionate. That's what the scribes and Pharisees are missing. The whole reason they are living up to the commandments is all about people admiring them, calling them rabbi, rabbi. It's all about being considered superior in the congregation. Give me a second. Take a swig here. That's what Jesus is frustrated by. And even when he goes into this, into this, these verses here where he's saying, uh, they, they, they're doing all of this so that they can be called of men, rabbi, rabbi. And then Jesus is saying, don't seek out these titles. Be not ye called rabbi for one is your master, even Christ. Now, let me, let me say this, that I think it is good for us to call people among us by titles. I don't find that a problem at all. What Christ is warning about here, the heart of what he is saying here. Again, this is not the law of what he is saying here. The heart of what he is saying here is don't be a person that is like these people. They do all of this stuff, not, not, the law to them is not about the well-being of the people. It is about achieving a status. And Jesus is saying, don't, don't get this heart. Don't become this person. I think it's, it's okay for us when we know somebody has, has, um, you know, gotten a doctorate degree. I, I don't think it's inappropriate for us to say doctor so and so. But I think it's a problem if the person who got the doctorate gets an attitude when people don't call them by that title. That's, that's the, the heart of this here. Watch yourself. Because if you've worked hard and you are getting resentful that people aren't calling you by these special titles, the special titles Christ calls out here is rabbi, master, father. And, and he says, look, who you are to each other, all ye are brethren. In other words, you're all siblings. And by the way, this is where we get our custom for calling each other brother and sister. But the heart of this, understand the heart of this. It's not inappropriate for us to call our pastor, pastor, or for us to call someone with a doctorate degree, doctor so-and-so. What's inappropriate is for the person to require it. Whosoever shall exalt himself 
shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Um, there's a man that I love, respect, admire so much. I love his teaching. Um, I appreciate his his degrees of college. And that is um, Dr. Hughes. And I want, I personally want him called Dr. Hughes. <laughs> we actually had a, a, a man, an evangelist preach for us um, a couple weeks ago. And I, in the, in the leadership position that I'm in, I asked for our, um, the people who make the slides that go on the overhead, um, like, you know, where, where we display scriptures on the wall, um, we do those things to be very guest friendly. We are wooing the, the people of our community into our congregation. And, and so because that's the point of the, the aesthetics of the, the overhead, the, the projection that we do on the wall, both song lyrics, scriptures, um, and, and then the graphics. It's, it's not because the church members need them. It's to, it's to draw all men to him, to the Lord and to bring, to woo them in. And so, um, I requested of those putting that overhead on the wall that they put doctor in front of his name because I wanted guests to associate him with his level of education. We can't always do that with people who are in our pulpits. And there's nothing wrong with being in a pulpit and not having a high degree of education. There's nothing wrong with that. None of these, I shouldn't say none, the majority of these disciples did not have a high degree of education. That That's what was so uh, inspiring on the day of Pentecost. You know, these were a bunch of poor guys. They're not all these which speak Galileans. How hear we then them in our own language? So the fact that they were uneducated men, yet got through the spirit of God, God was showing himself mighty by the fact that they were uneducated. I still feel that's the same thing that happens to this day in our pulpits. God uses people regardless of their education. But for the guest, since the point of what is on the wall uh, be guest friendly, I wanted his title doctor to be in front of his name. Dr. Hughes is one of my favorite uh, men of God. And I love to call him Dr. Hughes. I It makes me so happy to refer to him that way. But he likes to be called brother. He loves to be called Brother Hughes. <laughs> and, and that's the heart of this. It's not that we're not allowed to call them that. It's that they don't require that we call them that. It's the person's attitude asking for the title. That's, this, that's, that's what is being referred to here. Don't be like them. That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is not saying you're not allowed to call someone your father. You're not allowed to. Matter of fact, Paul said, um, Paul said about many people, I am your father. I'm your spiritual father. <laughs> you have not many fathers. Paul said that. And, and therefore we know it's okay, but it's when we start 
wanting this, having this attitude. And we connect our titles to this attitude. And yet, if a person has the wrong attitude, those of us who Jesus says to the multitude and to his disciples, they are sitting in Moses' seat. You need to recognize that. And therefore, observe and do what they're teaching you to do. That is in the word. Let me, let me say that what's in the word. These scribes and Pharisees, they were teaching the commandment. It's just that their attitude was not right. And he's saying, don't act like them. Don't do their works. Don't do their works. Be mature enough. Sometimes we are in seasons of life where we have to be mature enough that we might have a person sitting in Moses' seat that we have to be mature enough to say, okay, you know what? They're not necessarily doing the right thing, but I'm not going to do their works. But as long as they're teaching out of the word of God, I'm going to respect the office. I'm going to respect the office. We, we see David, King David, doing that with Saul. Saul was, was actually uh, turned over to an evil spirit. Saul was literally turned over to an evil spirit, but we see David respecting his office as the anointed. That's, this is reiterated over and over, and, and we have got to make sure we do that as well. It stinks. It breaks my heart when saints of God multitudes and disciples are put in a situation where those that are in Moses seat, we, we really cannot respect their day-to-day -day life. But as, as long as what they are teaching is from the word of God that observe and do, <sighs> and then we ourselves, we ourselves, we've got to make sure that we are serving each other as siblings within the church, brother and sister. All ye are brethren. Oh my goodness. And then, you know, Jesus is on a rant and he, I, I'm not even sure the scribes and Pharisees are around anymore because we know from the previous um, chapter that after Jesus did this one question to them, no man was able to answer him a word, neither does any man from that day forth ask him any questions, any more questions. And he specifically is um, talking to the Pharisees. So I'm not sure that the Pharisees were around to hear this. Perhaps they were within that multitude, but he definitely is talking to multitudes and disciples. He's not addressing Pharisees for sure. And, um, you know, he, he speaks out whether they are there within the crowd and able to hear him, he spends all these verses calling them hypocrites, 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 blind. And, you know, this is another thing for us to remember whether is greater the gold or the temple that sanctifieth the gold. The gold is, is, is great because the temple sanctified it. And then he says something similar to that again here. In verse 19, whether is greater the gift or the altar that sanctifieth the gift. In other words, you, you can't have one without the other. Together, the, the altar alone is, 
is not fulfilling its purpose without the gift. But you can't overemphasize the gift because it's the altar that sanctifies the gift. And so we've got to keep all of these things in mind, especially when we come down here to verse 23, because this is kind of a summation of what this whole rant of Jesus is about. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin. What he's meaning by this, they would literally take these, these, Mint. You know what mint is? It's a leaf. Anise and cumin. These these are herbs that you use for seasonings, but they're going to pay tithe on it. And the way they're paying tithe on something that is so lightweight is they're using a scale to to uh, separate out exact measurements and tithe just enough of these little herbs, but you've omitted, you're going to be so detailed about something so lightweight as herbs, but omit the weightier matters of the law. What did Jesus call the weightier matters of the law? Judgment, mercy, and faith. (laughs) Yas. This chapter is literally leaving me speechless today. He's saying, then he goes on to say, these ought ye to have done. What what did you need to do? Judgment, mercy, and faith. And not leave the other undone. He's saying it's okay. He's not saying shame on you for being so detailed about your tithing. He's not saying shame on you for being so detailed about your tithing. He says not to leave the other undone, but you ought to have done this also. Just like he's saying here, you can't have the one without the other. The gift means nothing without the, without the altar sanctifying it. But the altar left without a gift on it is nothing. He, he's saying, go ahead and get nitpicky. We don't throw out the idea that we can't be nitpicky. It's just that we've got to have both. And, and, and I, I want us to recognize judgment, mercy, and faith. The reason I want to point this out is because often when, when we start living by a, a daily lifestyle, of what the epistles teach in the way of how we dress, how we entertain ourselves, how we, where we go, what we do. When we start abiding by those outward physical things we can manipulate and, and, and weigh out, we forget about these. And that's what these, that's what happened with the Pharisees and scribes as well. But Jesus clearly said Getting nitpicky is okay, but don't leave these others undone. And so let's talk about what not to leave undone. Judgment. Call it. You cannot leave the fact out that that judgment has to be made. Judgment is a part of what's going on. And judgment of, of, of the fruit, you've, you've, 
likely heard me talk about it before. Get judgy. This this culture that does that says don't judge me. They're they're wrong. It's incorrect that we're not supposed to be judging matters. And as Jesus said, these are the weightier matters of the law. Judgment. So call it. But mercy. Have compassion on people. You know, King David went through and did some really stupid stuff. Multiple times. David The man after God's own heart did stupid stuff. Stuff so dumb, we would not allow him to be our pastor. We would not consider it appropriate for David to hold the office of pastor. And yet he was the man after God's own heart. We need to have mercy on people going through trials, making dumb dumb decisions blatantly going against the man of God. We need to have mercy on these people. And and faith, faith. We need spirituality. We need to be spiritual. What, what things are spiritual? How do we engage in spirituality? Our heart, our soul, and our mind. That means we feel emotional about things. That this, we feel emotional about things. We think about it. David said, I meditate on your word. Day and night, I meditate on your word. Our soul, things that we feel deeply, decisions that we make, feeling things. Spirituality has a lot to do with how we think and how we feel. I find it completely incorrect when people act like emotion does not play a role in our behavior toward God, our devotion toward God. And what I mean by that is they say that's emotionalism. The phrase, that's just emotionalism, um, is, is often what for many decades Pentecostals have been thrown into the bus for. That's emotionalism. Spirituality involves our emotions, heart, soul, mind. And, and that's where our faith comes into play. Our faith is, is how we stand for God, our conviction, our ability to believe despite what is going on around us. And, and sometimes that feels like anger. Sometimes faith feels like anger because you're having to stand for the truth of God and, and you feel that rise up in your soul like you're, like fire. And sometimes it's weepy and sometimes it's exciting and it's goosebumps. Judgment, mercy, and faith. 
These are the weightier matters of the law. But don't leave those things undone. Don't leave these things undone. You've got to do both the nitpicky stuff and the spiritual stuff. And the way we keep ourselves in check is cleanse first that which was within the cup and platter. That's the spirituality that the outside may be clean also. And so keeping this, all of these things in balance and in check. And then we're going to end right here, right here, this prophecy. You know, I hope you read it on your own. And I, I, this was the first place that I was kind of like literally stopped in my tracks was Jesus saying, whatsoever they bid you observe and do like that was so heavy. It stopped me in my tracks. And the second one was this. And, you know, like I, I felt like I was just overcome with Christ's sorrow at having to say this because you, you can understand it as a parent, right? When you live your whole life from the time that child is born, you live your whole life to protect them, to feed them, to, to, Give them the best that you can. Give them better than you had. And then, then they come into adulthood and they start making choices that are going to hurt them. You know, maybe it's, it's, it's going to hurt their health or it's going to hurt their soul. But even even if you even if a parent isn't aware of of their child's soul, even if they're just aware of their well being, you know, you see an adult child drinking alcohol and getting behind the wheel of a car, and that's that just can cripple a mother or a father. Like just or that addiction to that to those those pills or or. or those addiction to those drugs that, that's going to destroy you. It is so painful. And you know, Jesus came to seek and to save all the lost, including the scribes and Pharisees and Sadducees, and <laughs> including the self-righteous. And so to say this had to be so painful for him. And, and it just, oh, it just broke my heart. It just broke my heart. What a deep chapter this was today. What a deep chapter this was today. Mm. Let us examine ourselves. Let's keep ourselves where we need to be. Let's, let's, let's examine ourselves, keep ourselves right. Thank you for joining me today. God bless.